But yeah, yeah, you totally. I gotta find the work. Yeah. <laughs> Here, go stand in the corner and watch. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Geeks with Kids. We're back. So today I'm your host Aaron, and to my right is Spears, and to his front is James. Yeah, James is filling in for Eric today. He's Eric is doing some Father's Day stuffs, and we're not being a being a good father. And yeah, we're just hanging out. But my but that's Mercury in the background. Hey, buddy, he's <laughs> awesome. I love him so much. So yeah, we're back today, and. We got a lot of things that we want to cover and we want to run ground on, and yeah, we might as well just get this going with. But if you guys want to like fire us some emails and send us some tweets and you know like us on Facebook, uh, you can send us an email at geekswithkids at gmail dot com, or you can tweet us at geekswithkidscn. And if you want to like us on Facebook, go to facebook dot com backslash geekswithkidspodcast. Definitely find us on iTunes and give us a like and a comment. It's actually super important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We we drink more when you like us more. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Or we drink <laughs> more when you don't like us. certainly bears that out. Yeah. So today we got a special guest with us. He's definitely a geek and definitely a geek with a kid, so we'd like to introduce... Yeah, he's already introduced himself, so we'll introduce him again, and we'll get to know a little bit about him right now. James, ladies and gentlemen. Well, thank you so, for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah. We've been... Yeah, we've been we've been mentioning James for a little while now and wanting to come on to the podcast, so why don't you tell I us... I just a, want to be involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell us a little bit about like your geek nature and your parenting side of the geek with kids. Jeez, I'm a little bit more advanced than you guys, not in age, but, uh, I've been, I've been a geek for many years. No, uh, I think I just got started. I was a comic book guy and a superhero character, you know, follower. And, you know, I've now got a child that's 10 years old, a young girl. And, and, uh, I think I've raised her right. And I've, had her at the comic book store once a week and she knows what poll day is and she knows uh the green lantern oath when she was three and <laughs> and uh i think i've completely warped her and there will be therapy bills later on but uh i don't think so i think she's pretty well adjusted uh, it's she's pretty well adjusted I, I love it where i can take her to conventions and introduce her to the road warriors or to the uh to uh demolition and then she tells them yeah but i like aaron neville or i like sammy Zayn, <laughs> or you know you know Who's your favorite wrestler? And she's going Emma or Tyler Breeze, and she's got, she's more advanced on that respect than uh, some guys that are have been watching wrestling for many years. She's yeah, you know, she's like using things. names I don't even recognize. Exactly, anymore. exactly. <laughs> so she's she's watching the NXT stuff and going, I love this. You'll watch Raw or one of the uh, the other shows, and she's like, I, I have no time for John Cena. I'm like, gotta love a kid like that. <laughs> <laughs> How did you like? What was your first comic book? Oh. Uh, I, my parents used to buy me all the old ones. It'd be the, the uh, All Star Squadron. Uh, I had a Frank Miller Daredevil, uh, the classic nice. cover with Elektra holding the the side with Daredevil's mask on it, and I think I read that thing a million times, and rolled on it, and it's just in tatters. But I think I still got a piece of the cover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I got started with uh, the GI Joes. Obviously, you know. Mm. It was an easy one to kind of fall like Marvel, into. When Marvel was the Marvel, it, the like, Marvel so GI Joes. Uh... See, I had a dad that was in the military, and, and mm-hmm. uh, that that was an easy introduction into it. Okay, huh. it's, a, it's a GI Joe because back in those days, the Larry Hammer ones were very military, you know, it, it, militaristic, and it was he could relate to them, and I could relate <laughs> to them. And uh, he always also a big one. I'd be like, "Hey, I want to get the Iron Fist and Power Man, the Heroes for Hire," and he'd be like, mm-hmm. "No, we're getting All Star Squadron with." classic Hawkman and Dr. Midnight and the Atom. And I learned about those characters. And so when I eventually fell into it and started collecting on my own, the comic that basically did it for me was uh, Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man number one. Nice. Somebody bought it for me for as a gift. And I just went, this is fantastic. I need to start buying more of them. <laughs> and that's when I found out about the whole idea of the stores. And I didn't grab the concept of new books every Wednesday because I went every day. <laughs> yeah. and and finally the guy's like listen you, you, I appreciate you coming in and buying something every day but you might want to just come in on Wednesdays <laughs> and that's the whole concept of a Wednesday pull and and uh, and then found a store and I've, I've, I go to a store in Hamilton that uh, 
I've had a long-standing relationship with, and I tell my wife every day, it's like... Do we want to mention the name of the store? Sure. You have Big B Comics on Upper James. If Big B Comics would like to sponsor a podcast. <laughs> it's great because I, you, know, you go in there and, and you know the people, and I've known them for almost 17 years. And mm. I look at my wife and say, I've only known you for... <laughs> doesn't doesn't go over well, but... Yeah, it's the longest, most uh, successful relationship I've ever had. <laughs> cool. has, there, has there been a lot of changeover? Like, is it more, is it like there's a couple of key people? Uh, there or? has been changeover there, It's but you get to know everybody and they kind of come in and out. But the owner, Walt, has been there for a long period of time. And huh. he's, a, he's one of those guys that he writes for Overstreet. And uh, you know, if there's anything that you need to know about a book or a classic book, he's got it or he's seen it or he knows about it. And uh, very influential in the industry, especially in Canada. So cool. I definitely recommend it. If anybody that's interested or wants to get their kids interested in it, then uh, go see them. They do the uh, the credit card for A's, uh, comic book for A's. Yeah. And uh, it's a great way. He's really, he's taken it upon himself to really kind of push the whole literacy campaign as well with kids. And uh, I've seen it with my own daughter where she'll go in there and sit down in the corner with a book and start reading and read to herself, or she'll find a character. And that's what I really like about it is you don't have to be just the Superman or just the Batman or just the Spider-Man. You can get into, you know, the My Little Ponies. and the, you know, There's books for girls. I was in the other day, and there was as many parents in there with their kids as there was guys like me getting our own books. Mm-hmm. So it was great. Right on. That's awesome, though. Like, the one thing that I'm really looking forward to with Mercury now is introducing him to that whole side, because I've kind of fallen out of it myself. I remember... Uh, years ago, James tried to get me back into it, and I was like, I heard there's new Transformers, I heard there's new like Thundercats and stuff like that, so hook me up. And as the months would go by, I would be like, why am I giving you $20, $25 for three, four comic books at a time? There's <laughs> like, only about $10 worth of books. Yeah, yeah it could have been. been. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting back to you for the uh, the beer and the uh, the liquor that you used to sell me at an inflated price. Well, you know, <laughs> 30 you bucks know, for six demand, moose heads. You know. Yeah, thanks Not a lot, pal. I, yeah, yeah, I would take a, like a slight markup of like 200%. We were friends. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, like with the with that, I was like, oh man, I cannot afford, I cannot keep up with this addiction. So I had to like bow out gracefully. I had to give up my drugs and alcohol just to afford my comics. You yeah, know? You know, and somebody yeah. else would say, why do you spend that much money? It's like I can't afford anything else. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, on the spectrum of things to be addicted to, that's oh yeah, pretty good. good. Problem yeah. is that with alcohol and that they don't take up space afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I had to build it. You get very creative when you start looking at sixteen long boxes of comics and trying to figure out where you're going to put them. So uh, Bob Vila and I became good friends, and I started watching the shows to figure out how to build a shelving system that would support. <laughs> hey, all I got to say is vinyl rain gutter bookshelves. Oh, well, that would work too. Yeah, so huh. inexpensive. It'd be good for displaying your singles. Ex- yeah, See, that's science why we did class that. comes in. Yeah. You know, the old egg drop, and that that has nothing on. How do you support, you know, the the long boxes in a vertical stance without them going through your floor? Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of weight. It's a lot of paper. God. It is. <laughs> it's funny. I was never able to maintain a collection when I was younger. There were a couple of singles that I had pinned up on a on a cork board, but beyond that, my my parents would ritually purge out my collection uh, when I was at school. Exactly. I remember I came home one day and the the bulk of my collection, as well as a precious first generation Much Music sweater, were gone. <laughs> I, I nearly bought the bag. Music. What is Much Music? What's a, it's a music video. Oh God! It was before they went to the logo with the globe in the background. It was just a, a big, thick, chunky M inside an M. But it was a fluorescent, lo- a fluorescent green logo on a vomit pink uh, sweater. As nineties, as early nineties, a piece of apparel as you could possibly imagine. I wore that thing every bloody day when I was in grade nine and ten, and I, oh God, I remember I can feel in my gut what it was like to come home and just be like, no, it's gone. And be like, oh, uh, God. Yeah. If they had done that to you sooner, you might have gotten more dates. <laughs> <laughs> Hindsight is twenty twenty. Hindsight is 20, yes. Yeah. There's a lot of things I think we all would agree on. Yeah, yeah. my parents did a purge, uh, but it was... I think I lost about two dozen Dragonlance novels oh. to the purge, and... 
like these were these were fantasy books that I loved as a kid and was hoping to hold on to. I think they maybe didn't purge them. I think they're hiding in the basement somewhere. So I'm going to go on like an Indiana Jones kind of like quest into their basement at some point and see if they they're still there kind cool. of thing. You know, a couple of years ago, I dared myself to reread oh, my Dragonlance novels. When I was in middle school and like through through the early years of high school, I used to collect these novels like religiously. It mm-hmm. was kind of like comic books because you would get a new installment. I mean, you know, once a month or once every, you know, maybe maybe once every three weeks at the height of a TSR's publishing. Yeah. And the, the world would, it was sort of multiple eras of characters, multiple generations of characters with an A plot that kind of drove the story forward maybe once or twice a year. And I'd made a deal with myself that one day I would reread all of them, all the ones that I'd collected, which I've shelved in chronological order ever since. Oh, nice. Um, but to read them with the razor of, you know, is this book actually good? Like, as an adult and as an educator, can I justify the existence of this novel? And obviously, since having kids, I haven't had time to turn a single page of yeah. Dragon <laughs> in five years. <laughs> so you probably get it on Kobo or download yeah. it now. Yeah, well, I've still got all the old books. Like, I never had a purge out of novels. I guess my parents and I had the same philosophy of hoarding where books were concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, in that my collection has escalated rather than de-escalated over the years. That being said, those books are still sitting on the shelf, quietly being like, I dare you. <laughs> and I'm all like, I don't have time to tie my shoes, let alone embark on a multi-book reading schedule. <laughs> no, no time whatsoever. Like, my PlayStation 4 is sitting off to the side here. I think I've maybe played 20 minutes of it since I got it for my birthday three months ago. I think tops. Still working on Skyrim. So you need to get that PlayStation 4. Get that Skyrim done. Get that PlayStation 4. <laughs> we we had you playing Last of Us a couple of weeks oh ago. Oh my god. So Oh you, my god. So many emotions. Have you played uh, I, Last of Us? We've got it. I have not played a video game. I've been using my Xbox or, or sorry, my PlayStation 3 uh, I'm not upgrading to four anytime soon, strictly for Netflix. Yeah, because nice. I can fall asleep yeah. while watching Netflix. You can't fall asleep while playing a video game. I bought a PlayStation <laughs> Two because I needed a DVD player. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was my reason for it too. Was just like, hey, it's games, but I can play DVDs on my PlayStation Two now. That's totally how I sold the PS3 to uh, to my wife <laughs> when it's I was initially pitching, pitching it. I'm like, hey, we can we can what we can put like stuff from the computer on the TV. Yeah, we were it's doing... totally not about strafe shoot, not at all, not at all, not one bit. <laughs> Call of Duty is, yeah, but uh, which is no, great when you're a parent and you're trying to explain it to your daughter, and she's going, "Why are you shooting those people? They're zombies." I'm not actually playing the zombie level, but <laughs> but what is great is when you start playing the multi-person game and you and you're playing against other people and you get to hear them on the screen. I'm muting quite a bit when my daughter's <laughs> yeah. in the room. God, I bet. But I'm going, I'm playing against your uncle. And my, my brother lives in Calgary. So mm. she'd be like, oh, we're going to play against Uncle so Yeah. She's like, get up in a cold, dry place and shoot him in the bum. <laughs> <laughs> and then she... Wow. <laughs> this is how bloodthirsty it gets later on. As they start to develop, they realize shooting him in the bum really isn't all that effective. Shoot him in the heart. He'll <laughs> die sooner. I'm like, Wow. We need to start changing the games. <laughs> so I had to stop playing some of these games with her, just because she oh picks up on the bloodthirsty uh, running gun shoot 'em up. I was in the living room when a friend of mine came to that very same realization. He was playing Skyrim, as a matter of fact, oh, no, and he'd no. installed the AKA fir- Game of Thrones. <laughs> A little bit less of the putting things into things, but... Yeah, true. Um, and they do lop off yeah. ahead at the very beginning. And the naked. Funny you should mention that. Because um, he had just... He'd installed the uh, the first DLC pack, um, Hearthfire, and he just got the... Um, one of the critical hit... Um, one of the cr- critical hit... Um, what are they called? Perks, like, specialized yeah. perks. Yeah. yeah. One of the critical hit perks for two-handed weapons. And that includes an animation on a critical hit where you take off some chump's head... When it's a humanoid. And sure enough, they run that, and their infant daughter's like, ooh. It's like, hmm, maybe switching to. I had to learn the hard way with with my daughter years ago, and you guys will probably learn it as as (laughs) 
you know, I've, I've already tra- blazed these trails for you. But uh, things such as watching wrestling, watching yeah. MMA, when you don't think mm-hmm. that they're really paying attention. I had a, I was watching Entourage, and I thought, <laughs> my two-year-old daughter really isn't paying attention. She's in the other room. Mm-hmm. And then she'd come by, and she would start reciting things that Ari Gold would say. <laughs> <laughs> the worst was we were watching How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. We thought, fairly innocent show. Yeah. She's off playing in the background, and there was a scene with Neil Patrick Harris's Barney character, and he's taking a character, he's hitting on a girl, and he leaves the, the bar. And my daughter pops up behind us, looks at the TV, and goes, they're going off to have... And you're going... <laughs> you can say it. She's not you, here. She, oh, sorry. I force a habit. She's <laughs> going off to have sex. And, and you're like... Oh, dear. Oh. Yeah. She goes, yeah, he's going... That's what he says he's going to do. We can't watch the show with her anymore. <laughs> so how do you manage this then? You stop watching TV. <laughs> yeah. Dang. But it was it was in response to we'd watch so much Treehouse with the uh, the bunnies and you know Max and Ruby and Tupi and Beano. Oh my and, God! My wife and I had a serious oh. conversation about whether bubble guppy bubble guppies occurs underwater or on, or on land. Oh, See, I miss bubble guppies because what? it's clear it's. It's about this, like, it's like a kindergarten class of people uh, doing the Muppet Show, basically. In oh, some ways, it, you know, in some ways it's pretty smart. It does have, like, recurring jokes and segments, and it's neat in that way. But they, uh, they have to be underwater because they're fish people, and they swim everywhere. But underwater acts a lot like when you're on land in terms of throwing things. And <laughs> we had a serious conversation that lasted, like, a half an hour about this. We had one, and I actually <laughs> found a Facebook group. Where the heck are Max and Ruby's parents? And for those that don't know, Max and Ruby are two bunnies, kid bunnies, and one is the older the older sister, and the little uh, the little guy Max, and they get into various adventures. And they've got a grandmother that lives a couple blocks away, but we don't know where the parents are. Oh my god! Hmm. Well, do, do they not live with the grandmother? No. Oh my god! We're having a serious conversation about I, my kids I, watch Max and Ruby too. I wanted to have the spinoff show. I want <laughs> Max and Binu. To form a new show and get rid of Toopy and and Ruby, a sort of stuffed animal kill bill. And then, yes. <laughs> and then it gets then it gets worse is when you get into the Dora the Explorers, and you start you know when you can recite everything the Dora is going to say before she says it, and then her spinoff cousin with Diego and all the animals and there's just some warped kids shows. Wow, you know it just. And they they suck the parents right in, and you have to watch it. And I thought 1960 Spider Man was bad. See, I that, that was bad. That's classic now. You kind of rocket Robin Hood. Oh man, oh, with the reused was, backgrounds. I that was, was in serious CanCon. I was, was awesome. I dealt I with the restoration of that, and it brought back Shut so up. much, so much memory. It was it, to watch those shows being transferred, and the the history behind those. We were talking about CanCon earlier. This mm-hmm. was. This was a show that somebody tried to smuggle it across a border. One of the producers was having a tiff with the uh, with with one of the other investors, and they tried to steal the the actual prints and take it across the border, and it got stopped at the border. That they were trying to steal Rocket Robin Hood and take it to the states. <laughs> wow, you know, because they're still bitter about that whole War of eighteen twelve. Oh, of course, <laughs> we'll take your Rocket Robin Hood in. So Rocket Robin Hood was like, what if Buck Rogers was Robin Hood kind of thing? It was Buck Rogers meets Robin Hood. With repeating Flash backgrounds, Gordon-esque, Flashback. kind of, yes, yeah. very Bakshi kind of inspired. Like every yeah. every bad thing you remember about the 1960s Spider-Man cartoon was also true of this. Exactly, reused backgrounds, psychedelic paint, uh, the same plot points in between, mm-hmm. followed by the what was it? The little transitions where it would explain the various characters. Yeah, like, there was like little there was like over narration of like here's what the characters are doing. It was very serial esque yes. at times, and uh, um, then it would have like little like uh, bumper vignettes to introduce like here are the characters, here is like their backstory too, which was you know it was kind of like neat that if you had never watched this TV show before as a kid, you could instantly be brought up to speed on one episode. I remember the Friar Tuck episode, and he was. All the food coming in, he'd take one bite out of a batch of grapes and he'd throw it over his shoulder. That's the, <laughs> thing I, that's the only thing I remember about that is that Friar Tuck bumper where 
you know, he'd be sitting there, like, mounding down on, like, this endless pile of food that would just keep coming out of nowhere, and he'd just throw it over his shoulder, take a bite of a chicken leg. And then when I was a kid, I was like, you don't take one bite of a chicken leg and throw it away. I was more worried about and the grapes he, that had a bite out of the grapes, and I'm going, wouldn't you bite a bunch of grapes, and it wouldn't... And it would just... You wouldn't have stems. teeth marks. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, when I when I saw it, they were running it on YTV, like, which yeah. was like Canada's answer to, uh, like, a government-funded Nickelodeon uh, <laughs> kind of thing. And they used to run Rocket Robin Hood, but they would run it in, like, 20-minute blocks. So you would see those bumpers again and again. But that's when it was when they were kids. And it was on on City, wasn't it? It might have been City TV. No, Global, I remember. Oh, okay. One of those. I remember Sunday mornings, and it would be on repeat over and over and over. (laughs) And it was the Beatleships and... But this is back in the day when we had overdubbed Japanese G-Force and... Yes! With the, uh, the I, robot inserts. See, and, you would see that. You would see the uh, animated adventures of Hercules. Yeah. And you'd see the Spider-Man all as run-up to Robotech yes. on YTV. Which oh was like, God. it was, I think, two or three times a week. I would always be at my grandmother's house to watch it. And, like, while the rest of my family was being a family or whatever in the other room. You're watching <laughs> Voltron. <laughs> Yeah. The vehicle version, no, that like this was Robotech was like the like the the teen like yes. the teen version of See, Voltron never, with like a lot more I just remember in the, the face cool, and singing. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, and the cool robot. It's such a ships. weird paradox. Like it's on the one hand, on the one on the face of it, I think it was totally sold as like a um, a budget Transformers because mm. at push comes to shove, it's about planes that turns into robots and shoot pew pew lasers at things. Pew pew. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when you get into it, like it's drawn from from the from the anime um, Super Dimensional Fortress Macross, which like many series in anime deal with themes in a more I, I don't want to say mature, maybe it's not the right word, but certainly a more explicit or graphic way mm-hmm. than a lot of American cartoons do. So you would have things happening like characters dying on camera. Yeah, you know you would. There was actually a moral quandary about, like, is it right to kill an enemy mm-hmm. when they're incapacitated? Um, but then in the, on the, in, the sa- in the very same show, you would have the conceit of, like, wait, the enemy comes from a planet or, like, a solar system where they don't have recreational singing. So when they hear one of the principal characters singing, they just lock up. They don't know how to process song. <laughs> So the, the the climactic battle, the conclusion of the first um, the first season, this is what you get. You get the sort of the Ulyssian journey of the main characters in their in their spaceship. In the the inciting incident of the series has to do with this spaceship using an untested technology to warp away from Earth to try to draw this enemy that's chasing this ship away from Earth. In doing so, they accidentally bring with them an entire civilian city. So the majority of the series is kind of about the the odd couple relationship of a kind of laid-back, almost Hawaiian town nestled <laughs> in a military fortress at war with a relentless, endless enemy. And the only thing stopping this enemy from just blowing them out of the sky is the fact that they want this ship intact. <laughs> And they ch- and it's a duck and chase, oh like a fugitive esque duck and chase through the solar system from Pluto back to Earth, as by hook or by crook, the the this ship, the SDF one, is trying to dodge the Zentradi every kind of step of the way, and along the along the trip, they realize the Zentradi have never heard music, so when they start broadcasting music out during a firefight. The Zentradi soldiers freeze up. They stop fighting because they're like, "I'm having emotions. What are emotions?" <laughs> and the good guy fighters are like, "Well, okay, blam, 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 blam." And at one point, they're like, "Um, is this cool?" Like, nice. they're just yeah. kind of floating there. Yeah. Especially sure. when the Zentradi characters begin sort of commingling. You have Zentradi characters who start infiltrating the um, the ship, and they're like, "We like being people better than being Zentradi." Yeah. And there's sort of there's a point in the series where it's like, um, maybe we should just be disabling them instead of killing them. And this just confuses the Zentradi more. <laughs> we're like, they're not killing us. What's happening? And all then this sort of leads to them returning to Earth, and there's this cool little kind of crisscross where they get back to Earth and it's like, Yay, we made it and Earth is like, Okay, hi guys, go away. Yeah. Like, you're drawing the enemy to us. Leave, please. <laughs> 
And this is kind of underscored by a couple of episodes where the Zentradi do kind of, like, blow up a city. Starring Canada, by the way. There's a cool kind of, like, political intrigue kind of... Political intrigue is seen through the lens of a middle schooler who's watching this. <laughs> but where the Canadian government agrees to take on the population of this ship as sort of as refugees, kind of in the face of the global government. Because that's what we do. Yeah, that's totally Canada. Uh, well, depends on which government you're yeah. with. Hey, Putin. Um, <laughs> so they're like, we'll, we'll take you in, sure. And they basically blow up the golden horseshoe when the aliens try to take <laughs> out the ship over top of it. And so why didn't you? No! <laughs> and at this point, the captain of the ship's like, um, maybe you have a point. See you later, Earth. <laughs> and so they go to meet sort of the thrust of this, like, this alien, um... God, there was so much kind of cool stuff in this. Because you have the the alien kind of fleet from, you know, from whatever, from another solar system, is now at odds with the fleet that's been chasing the ship. Because they're like, you've been polluted by these foreign ideas and all this weird singing stuff. So you're the enemy too now. So at the, at the conclusion of the first series of Robotech, you have who have been the bad guys, the Zentradi who've been chasing the ship, who are now aligned with the good guys to draw a line between Earth and this unstoppable wave of alien invaders who all kind of show up and be like, we're just going to annihilate all of you. Forget recovering the ship. Forget subjugating the Earth. We're just going to kill you all. Wow. Yeah. And this kids show <laughs> meant to compete with Transformers Generation 1. Ends its first season by blowing up the Earth. The good guys fail to stop the invaders, and the surface of the Earth is basically reduced to glass. Wow. And the only way the protagonists of the series survive is by singing, which locks up most of the alien invaders so that they and the aliens that are now on their side can kill them while they're in a waking coma. So they're bringing this series back now, aren't they? Are they looking to do Somehow like a live? Somehow they're going to distill this into a two-hour movie yeah. and market it to the kids who are watching Michael Bay Transformers now. Yeah. So what is that going to look like? It's going to look like it'll look like a Michael Bay Transformers. Is it going to be Lincoln Park singing into space while Optimus <laughs> Prime kills incapacitated aliens? <laughs> is E.T. going to be floating there, being like, I'm feeling emotions, while Optimus Prime cold-heartedly guns him down? To all our goo. <laughs> Jeez. I can't believe this wasn't a hit. <laughs> <laughs> the oh. more you're describing it, the more I'm going, wow, this is just really complicated. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, right? Emotions, and oh, yeah. that has no place in sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> God, it was... God help you, and what happens in season two? Seriously. In God, 20 it's, and even this was, like, cut down from the original 20... I think the original Japanese super-dimensional Fortress Macross is compressed to make season one of Robotech. Mm -hmm. And, like, a, a cartoon show season is, what, like, 24... 20, 22. Yeah. yeah, 22 to 24 oh. episodes. However, I they, they come a little bit different. Like if you take a look, yeah. they'll, they'll run the seasons a little bit differently, and they'll do 40 episodes of a, of a show, mm -hmm. and it's flat out 40. Mm. So, Yeah, because, like, it was trying to compete with Transformers, and the notion, and that production model was one episode for every weekday. Yeah. So they had to churn. Like, well, remember, there's, they also had to go through a bunch of regulations that that didn't exist before, such as uh, you know, if you wanted to put a TV show, the reason that the American uh, G.I. Joe had to have the little vignette at the end and knowing in the, is half the battle is because they had to tag on so much time. Cartoons in Canada could only be a certain length. Hmm. And they had to actually have a redeeming quality or else they would not get licensed. And Hasbro so was going, we need to put out a TV show that we can sell more action figures. So is that why G.I. Joe had all those PSAs at the end? Exactly. That is that why the first episodes are all about like protecting the environment and like Cobra's <laughs> trying to like blow up the ocean or something? Drugs are bad, environment is good, and uh, it has nothing to do with international terrorism. You know, Cobra Commander just wants to... He's a, he's a glorified bank robber. 
<laughs> that happens to live in the U.S. on a, or on his own private island, depending on which episode. And uh, you know, they they this is definitely not what do we do now? Nowadays, it would be modern day Al Qaeda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you would Al Cobra. Yeah. Al Cobra. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, like, it'd be interesting. Like, I really want to go back and watch some of these old cartoons because um, Sarah and I had this discussion before. It was like, okay, cartoons from our past, what ones would we be willing to let the kids watch? And, like, I was, like, thinking about Transformers. I was thinking about G.I. Joe. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to let them watch it because as little violence as there is, they were just pointless stories. Like, they were just, there were some episodes that were okay, but there were others where it was just like, we're here to sell you action figures. I I tried to go back and watch Thundercats a few years ago, and it's like, oh my god. It's funny that you mentioned Thundercats, is because my daughter and I, the one night on Teletoon, we started watching, and we had uh, the new Thundercats, which was from a couple years ago. Which that one was actually really well done. I really enjoyed it. But it was so different that I went back to watch the first one with her to kind of gauge her interest and I went wow this is we used to think this was cool mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's an episode and it's snarf and you know yak yak oh, yak and you're going I, I mean Jar Jar Binks exactly <laughs> the, the, yeah, the modern day or the, the predecessor for Jar Jar and you're watching you're going the Thundercats don't have any clothes on at least these ones are at least willing to cover up <laughs> <laughs> for half the first pilot episode they're all running around naked and you're going but and then Donald they're... Duck still goes around without pants come on what's up with that <laughs> There's a joke there. I don't not go there. <laughs> I want to be invited back. <laughs> so, why is James' episode marked explicit, guys? <laughs> so we're going to be looking for a new Lando next week. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, like, what would like? Are there any like? Well, are we using her name or are we using a code name for? Her? On behalf of the editing you're going to have to do, you're welcome. Yeah, I know. This is all me. Um, But um, like you were saying that uh, there are some other shows and things that she's watching now that you're like, oh, my God. These are great. We've got into, especially with the – it's weird because there's DC puts out a bunch of various cartoons. Mm -hmm. And one of them that they put out was Young, uh, Young Justice. And I don't know if you guys have had a chance to watch it. No, it's, I haven't. It's yeah. the, I read the comic when uh, Peter David was publishing it back in the early early aughts, I think. Original concept, but now it's Superboy, Robin, Kid Flash, and uh, Aqualad. And they form a super group. And they, it's basically the subgroup of, you know, you still have got your Supermans and your Batmans around, but it's about the subgroup and the kids wanting to expand and do be on their own a little bit more. And... You know, be more self-reliant. What it was was it was really, really well-crafted stories that weren't written down to kids. But guys mm. like myself would sit there and watch, and you going, "They're doing the Amazo story, but they're doing it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. They're doing a cloning story. They're doing, and it was not, hey, we're doing a story about the environment, so we're going to clean up the. They were doing very dark subject matter. For example, there's one episode where they did uh, the spirit, and I don't know from Peter David's story. It was a girl that was a ghost, and this ghost keeps appearing, and and there's a bad guy that's got an indestructible sword, very Japanese in in origin, and he's kicking the crud out of all the superheroes that are trying to stop him, and he's killing off various bad guys throughout the story. And they're not, you know, it's not bloodless, it's not violent, violent, but it's violent enough. But the character secret would pop up and kind of lead them to the next clue. Mm. And uh, a couple of the girl superheroes... Again, this is why I kind of liked it, because they did empower the girl uh, superheroes a little bit more. So you had a Zatanna, and you had a, you know, um, that Black That led Archer. to some controversy, I understand, in terms of its cancellation. Yeah. Like, I heard it had more to do with merchandising rather than with the actual content or reception of the show. Um, DC and Marvel, too, has had a problem merchandising the mm-hmm. female superheroes. And Young Justice was running, I'd heard... Um, Largely, I think there was CBR or a Newsram article, I can't remember. But they, what that article was alleging was that because they couldn't, they couldn't market Young Justice as effectively to boys because the girls were taking so much. Well, the girls were actually really well-written characters. And there's a whole segment where they did a whole episode which was just with the girls, but with this secret character where you really kind of got it and you kind of went, wow, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to kind of, 
The secret Let in the, comics is uh, Montoya, right? Um, it's Rene a, Montoya, isn't no, it? No, no, that's that's that a spirit. Question? That's a question. Sorry, the, the question. This was a, a ghost girl, and it was okay. written in the Peter David's version. And at the end, you find out that she is dead, and her brother had killed her as the sacrifice to get these superpowers. And she's leading the superheroes to herself, to her unmarked grave to solve her murder. And you're going, this is really dark, but it was really well written. I think that's the well plot written. of The Grudge. Yeah, that's pretty heavy. Yeah, it was it was very dark, and and I wouldn't be surprised because these guys did, the the ones that wrote it, wrote a really well written story, and I didn't mind showing it to my daughter. How old was she when you showed it to her? Well, we started watching it on YouTube, uh, say four years ago. Okay, and then so she would have been like six. She would have been around six. So I was very careful because we when we started watching superhero TV shows, I was very careful about what I showed her, mm-hmm. and we watched uh, there was a cartoon that was on a short-lived cartoon it was superboy and the legion of superheroes and it was on uh you know basically it's futuristic superheroes and what she got out of it was superman fights robots in giant bubbles there was an episode <laughs> notes for for years and i thought that's innocent enough she gets it superman's good mm-hmm. you know bad robots good. and bubbles are evil robots yeah. and bubbles are bad you're not she's not uh he's not snapping the head off a of zod for example right. <laughs> so she was eight. I took her to go see Man of Steel. Yeah. Oh, I want to introduce her to. Yeah. So we're watching. I'm going, I'm going to show her. We had watched Superman Returns. We had watched the Christopher Reeves Supermans. She knew Superman. She liked Superman. Mm. You know, we'd watched a little bit of uh, Smallville and, mm-hmm. and leading up to it. So I said, we're going to go see Superman. Great. And it gets to the end. My eight-year-old daughter came out of there. She was livid with me. Mm. That wasn't Superman. Wow. And I couldn't argue with her. Here yeah. she is. She's sitting there, and she di- she basically distilled it down to he didn't have to kill the guy at the end. And I go, well, he did if he wanted to save the family. And here's where the brilliance of my daughter kind of shined through. Uh, she looked at me, and she says, it didn't have to be written that way. Huh. And I went, mm, I can't wow. argue. Why would you? Why would you even put him in that situation? And that... Where I'm really worried with this new movie, and I really want like Dawn of Justice, the the Dawn of Justice, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, colon the movie, yes, <laughs> colon the advertisement for colon the toys, colon. Oh, I thought you were going to say colon the toilet. Wah wah wah. <laughs> and and this is where I'm worried because I can take her to go see an Iron Man. I can take her to go see mm-hmm. Spider Man, the Amazing Spider Man. She loves Spider Man, and she sits there and goes, "I didn't like that one." Mm-hmm. And she had the same problems that I did, and I, and I think this is you know like father like daughter. It's you know, I think I've instilled certain things in her. She'll watch a, an Amazing Spider-Man or, or Ultimate Spider-Man, the key, the TV shows, or the Hulk Agents. Now of Smash. the Ultimate Spider-Man TV show does that that is effectively like an Ultimate Universe Marvel team up kind of thing. It's kind of that. It's Superman or, or sorry, it's Spider-Man with Peter Parker, Spider-Man or Peter Miles Park- Morales. Actually, they do introduce Miles Morales, but when Peter jumps different dimensions and you are introduced to Spider-Man Noir, Sp- Peter Porker, the amazing Spider-Ham. <laughs> nice. And these Love are it. brilliant. You know, there was hmm. Spider-Knight, there was And that that ties into the um, the Spider-Verse. Uh, that was very much it was it was conveniently at the same time. So yeah. they were. It was. I think they're cross pollination. Like yeah, but it, I think it's the maybe not the first time, but the first time in recent memory that Marvel has done it across multiple platforms. Across uh, where normally like the TV universe is over there, the movie universe is over there, the comic universe is over here, and never the thrain shall meet. I think what you're finding now is, especially with the way Disney is running things, and the way you know, if you take a look at DC with Warner Brothers. They're taking a look at it as a all-encompassing. This is where I think people kind of get ticked off is because you can watch an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will tie into Avengers, which will tie into all the other yeah. superhero shows or movies for Marvel properties. Even the Netflix Daredevil, which I will never show my daughter hmm. anytime oh. soon, but I will talk about it with her, but I will not show it to her. Yeah, I think that's where the line had to be drawn. It was like, okay, you know, this is not it's, doable. Yeah. Well, those yeah. shows are ex- that's that's, that's Marvel going after. Yeah. yeah, that's almost coming up hard. R. So I think that's 
hopefully, I think they were doing that so that they could kind of like get like a little bit of a beat on. Uh, well, well, no, it's Fox that's doing Deadpool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. I don't yeah. think they're going after Deadpool's audience because that's a different kind. I think they're of, just uh, they're they're trying to keep yeah. some of the audiences, the older guys like us, that are going. All right, this is a Daredevil. We're going to give you your really really hard stuff. Yeah. I think they're looking at things like like Netflix's other shows, like Orange is the New Black, mm-hmm. and being like, okay, how can we do, or like, you know, over at HBO at things like Game of Thrones, and being like, exactly. how can we crack that? Yeah. But but here's my problem with DC. DC has some great TV shows. They've got Arrow, not really my daughter's thing. She says it's a little too violent. I appreciate that. they got uh, The Flash, and the new Supergirl. I had a chance to see the pilot for the Supergirl. Yeah. Do and tell. Yeah. And it's very good. It's very it's very girl power and but it's but it's very superhero. Within the first twenty minutes, she's in the costume and she's flying and she's doing superhero things. Nice. I saw the extended trailer for you it. You basically man. saw the T V show. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it, it came, the concept came off to me as sort of a an X Files and Tights kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not not a bad description of it. It's uh, you know a bunch of bad guys. You're, you're going to have your bad guy of the week, but you've got an overall plot thread that they've in, introduced. But what I do with my daughter is we sit and we watch The Flash. And we've watched The Flash since episode one, and she gets it. And it's a great storyline. Very well written for kids, but it's also very well written for us. It's it's kind of the perfect balance between the two. Mm-hmm. And, and if anyone has seen it, they'll, they'll completely understand. You've got an overall arcing storyline you've got the development of the young character and he's got a destiny that he de- that he finds out about and that he's trying to live up to that whole idea mm. but uh what i liked about it was with my daughter we could watch it and i could sit here and then i could introduce her to concepts from the show and then go back to the comics and go remember this character firestorm remember when he mentioned mal duncan mal duncan is a character in Young Justice. Mm-hmm. Mal Duncan is a their character in the comics. But there's not like a full on like we're gonna now that we've mentioned we've dropped this character's name, we're not gonna bring him back in like their own movie, their own TV no, show. They or... they were very careful in keeping everything tight and either jumping between the two the the arrow episodes and they do a bit of a crossover. Yeah. Hey Barry shows up and unlocks the door because he got the <laughs> signal we're in Nanda Parbat and you know Please come and get us. Mm-hmm. He comes in. He makes a witty remark about the Lazarus pit. He's like, hey, you got a hot tub. I got to go back and fight Captain Cold at my place. And he's gone. Right. <laughs> so it was great. you know. And now they're doing the big Legends of Tomorrow, which is a new TV show coming up. Which, after seeing the trailer for, I'm intrigued by that one because it looks a lot more fun and comic booky and cartoony That's than where I like any of the other iterations it's of not- the new DC cinematic and TV series. Exactly. They smile. They have fun. Yeah. This, you mm-hmm. know, the Barry Allen in in this TV universe is a lot of fun. He's a, and and very much the same way in the the Supergirl. Arrow is a little bit more dark and brooding, but they're telling a little bit of a different story, a different character, but well, you, you know, get Batman's always been kind of a darker character. <laughs> well, yeah, when you're fighting Ra's al Ghul, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they so, will get around that this year. <laughs> so, wait a minute. Green Arrow is fighting Rajal Ghul. This season. Yeah. Last it's, season it was Deathstroke, but he's not allowed to fight Deathstroke anymore because Deathstroke G.I. Joe Deathstroke? Like Death, Metal Deathstroke. Helmet? Oh, Deathstroke. Like, oh, no, Deathstroke. Oh, okay. Deathstroke. Deathstroke, oh, not Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Wait the Terminator. Minute, but, isn't, but isn't G.I. Joe a Warner Brothers property? Isn't it? Warner Brothers is... Paramount? No, that's, no, that's Hasbro. Hasbro. Hasbro owns okay. it. So but they distribute through Paramount, don't they? That's yeah, at least yeah. Transformers is through Paramount, and pretty yeah. much the same thing. But my, what I was really concerned about is, as good as DC has been the last little while with their TV shows and their, uh, it's the cartoons that they've put out are not appropriate for kids. Mm. You take mm. a look at Justice League Doom and Justice League War; they're marketed to kids. You want to be able to show them with the kids. I sat there and had to stop. Flashpoint mm. was a perfect example. There's blood and there's guts and there's guys getting... These are drawn very closely from the comic books, which are written for, if not dudes our age, then like mm-hmm. certainly an older they male audience. are, but when I think when you start putting it in a cartoon form and showing it on TV, that you do have to, you know, especially if you've got some kids and you're mm-hmm. you're purposely subbing out one character like an Aquaman with his dark story and, and subbing in Billy Baston as Shazam... And then you turn around and the Flash is blinding a character with a crowbar. You, know, you kind of go, I can't show this to my kid. Yeah. Not yet. Maybe mm. in a few years. But it's 
Yeah, and then Marvel still, comes out with the yeah. other TV shows, and they're almost the exact opposite. They're too kiddie. Yeah. So God, little, that is bizarre. How like how DC I guess has become when, the gritty and hardcore, and, and that's when you've got the soften the punch. Supermans yeah. and the Batman, or you know, we come from the Justice or, or Super Friends. And you want to yeah. show the kids that, and you kind of go, man, I'm embarrassed to kind of show her that, but I can't show her the other. Wins in their God, mind, I, man. You know, I like, remember... There's an, there's an example of a TV show where a monkey actually works against you. Yes. You know? like Which is always... in the bear, man. Come on. You, that's classic classic comedy right there. There's but, a... There's uh, a uh, wait, uh, BJ and the bear. How, well, wasn't that a, wasn't that a monkey? Or, wasn't it a... There's a joke there, too, and I am not yeah. going there. But we'll leave that to Kevin Smith. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but wait, BJ and the so BJ and the Bear is about a man and a monkey. Wasn't that it? Or is it BJ and the Bandit? I'm thinking of. No, it's BJ and the Bear. Is it BJ and the Bear? Had a monkey. I think you're thinking of Which was... Way But Loose. Oh, that's all. Oh, great movie. Which Way But Loose. <laughs> there was there was two movies with an orangutan. Hashtag Spear Sings. No. <laughs> Spear Sings. Yes. Spear Sings. Yeah, you know, what I think was DC had a, such a great track record with the old Batman the animated series and the Justice yeah. League, and now you've mm. kind of thrown that out the window. Yeah, oh, I would even I would be okay even showing the '90s Batman animated series oh, with Mercury when he's a little bit older. Because I think like, you know was, we were watching, we were actually doing a binge watch. My daughter and I were going through the the Batman episodes, and she's be like, "Watch this episode." And there's forty to sixty episodes to yeah. go through, and once you know it. Netflix pulls it, and it went to a rival video-on-demand company that we don't deal with. <laughs> and I was in trouble because I didn't make it through the seasons with her. Oh. So now I think I have to find the box sets and buy them. That yeah. was a fantastic show. Oh. But I'm, Bruce Timm's current project is uh, Justice League Gods and Monsters. Which is so dark. Yeah. yeah. Inappropriately dark. Yeah, this, that's like the, the um, they have the a, alter, This is like the alternate timeline, yeah, Elseworld. Type. Yeah, yeah, but I think Batman is a literal vampire, and, and he's, his promo video involves him tracking, terrorizing, and ultimately, I think, killing Harley Quinn, who is a zombie running around in lingerie. Yeah. And Trans- to... Arkham Asylum did that to her first. Yeah, but not the zombie thing, but definitely the lingerie. Yeah, true. And and Margot Robbie is is sporting. Very similar attire in the new movie. Wait a minute. How would you know all this about the new movie? Have you told us what your career is? No. Are you going to tell us? I work in the entertainment industry. (laughs) (laughs) Not the adult entertainment industry, but the entertainment industry. I had had an interest in Margot Robbie's attire notwithstanding. Uh, Well, that was just (laughs) Wolf of Wall Street has me following whatever she does. Uh, No, I mean, it's. I had an opportunity to take a a look at uh, some stuff, and there was... And I've heard people, you know, in Toronto, I work in Toronto, so I get the opportunity to see the trades. And there's been a lot of leaked footage of, of that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the word coming down from, from rumors and friends that are working on the movies is uh, this is this is going to be a different, this is going to be a make or break for DC. This is, uh, this is kind of their attempt at maybe a, as close to a Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. as you can get. Um, I have a good feeling about it, to be honest. I, and I feel bad. Um, totally tangential story. But I live <laughs> in kind of that. a... I live in more a neighborhood that is more or less a student ghetto for McMaster University. Um, so we get a lot of... Aside from a lot of shenanigans, um, occasionally... There's, there's a couple of nerds in the neighborhood. And I happen to... I This free comic book day... Uh, my son and I loaded up the wagon and walked from where we live, sort of, you know, maybe like a half-hour walk to our local comic book store and back. Do and, you want to give that name? Uh, well, we we went to uh, Comic Connection in uh, Westdale, which is, uh, it's a comic shop I grew up with. It's always been good to me. Still doesn't take debit? <laughs> which, <laughs> oh, they, they do. They take credit and debit now. Oh, they do? Okay, yeah. well, that that changes yeah. things. <laughs> No, but they they quite famously used to be cash only. That being said, there's a there's a number there's branches of a number of banks nearby. That you can Why am I defending up? them in the past? Um, <laughs> but in any case, we we as I was walking by a this one dude who like lives if not on my block then like near enough um, mm. the student 
I was in my Spider-Man shirt and Chris was in his Superman shirt and this dude came by and kind of struck up a conversation with us. He's like, oh, do you go to free comic book day? And I'm like, behold the stack of comics in our, nice. in the wagon. And God bless him, Chris was like knee, like elbow deep. We got like um, the owner of Comic Connection, Ted, he put together these like kid packs of like oh, 20 cool. old like, comic books for like a nickel or whatever. And um, Chris was like elbow deep. In like nine, like Spider Man twenty ninety nine, and nice. like uh, Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse comics, and the real winner out of the lot was our free comic book day pick. Tangent within a tangent, we're getting Inception on this. Nice, um, but was uh, one of the free comic book day issues. Um, Stanley's Chakra, which was a comic book that Stanley kind of co-produced with this du- this dude from India, and he's like he's the protector of Mumbai, and it's it's a very traditional Marvel story. Like, science nerd kid is working for a scientist, puts on an experimental suit and gets zapped by lightning. Suddenly, he's a superhero. And it's very Shazam-esque. Like, he says this phrase, and he becomes this hero. Yeah, there's no lawsuits that are pending on this one. Uh, well, you know, it's in India, and I don't know. It, <laughs> it is legally distinct enough, but, it, you know, it's certainly recycling a lot of old tropes from Marvel and perhaps from the distinguished competition as well. <laughs> In its defense, it's not a personality swap. It's not like he's switching bodies with another hero. He's still, he's still this kid, but in a high tech kind of suit that access of iron. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he'll be worrying about distinguished competition. It'll be more his own old oh, company. Fair enough. Uh, I would hold that it, it's legally that, distinct you know. from what certainly what drew Chris to it was that the suit is bright blue mm-hmm. um, and has a bright sun sort of inspired logo on the chest. And the character is youthful. He appears to be a kid. Um, it's set in Mumbai, but it might as well be 1960s Marvel New York. Nice. Like, for, for all of its function. Um, and he loves this. This has been his bedtime book, like, ever since. And oh, this was back in May. It's been two months. And he's just starting to kind of tire out on it. Um... So yeah, you got to find issue two. Well, that's the thing. It's it's not issues. Oh, you access the a... other... The, it's a digital comic. You get it through, I think, Toon.tv, which, of all places, links through the Angry Birds apps. Hmm. Um, I don't know if it's animated or motion comic or what. We haven't investigated that far. Yeah. Um, the the one twenty two page installment has been enough for us. That's like, awesome. You, and it's a it's not a single story. It's a series of like maybe two to five page Oh that's great short stories where it's like Chakra meets whoever. Yeah. And it's a series of antagonists and other heroes. Kind of like back in the day with like some of the earlier comics mm-hmm. where it would be like you buy one comic book but you get like three to four. Yeah, stories. like an anthology of yeah. stories. And yeah. you also get a hostess ad, which yes. is usually a comic in itself. Yeah. And it, it very much fleshes out this sort of this fictionalized Mumbai, which seems like a very cool place. Where there's, like, giant people who occasionally knock over buildings and, you know, sentient blobs who start absorbing things. No slums? <laughs> um, it, it all looks very clean. Oh, very cool. What are you talking about? Mumbai has no slums. Also, if the Olympic International Olympic Committee would like to sponsor a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are we that's, talking about? That's sports. Sports. Sports? Yeah, it was funny. I, I told my brother I was pinch-hitting on this show. And he says, you have no rights to be touching a bat or trying to take a swing. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about about kids and um, appropriate uh, comic and TV properties. That's just kind of like one out, and you were surprised by this one. Yeah, and it's like super, super Mm kid-friendly. And I think what certainly DC's line is seems to be less kid-friendly than it has traditionally been. Mm -hmm. And I remember from a kid disliking DC because it seemed so much more so much more kid than Marvel which yeah. certainly seemed to be a lot grittier they've they've done the reverse yeah because you had the responsibilities Peter Parker was also trying to pay his rent and he was trying to hold yeah. down a job and and also fight electro and do it all in a PG manner but you know, or you'd had a Frank Miller daredevil that was having all those different relationships. Right. Nowadays, it's daredevils Tony Stark or, alcoholic yeah. Tony Stark, great example. And nowadays, you know, and we were talking about the death of the Marvel Universe, which is pending with the whole yeah. Secret Wars battle that's coming up. And they're doing very similar to what DC did a few years ago with the New 52, 
the merging of the universes and taking a little bit of this and a little bit of that, what works and what doesn't work, and kind of revamping and rewriting their universe around more of the Marvel properties as they're related to the movies, where Spider-Man, which is a property that they technically don't own for features, is now going to be more of a secondary character, and the new character that they do own, the Miles Morales character, will be taking more of the forefront. Hmm. Iron Man is going to be your center of the universe. And as we were talking to your lovely wife, Aaron, yeah. you know, you, you ask anybody and you go, okay, name somebody from the Marvel Universe, and the first person they say is Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Yeah. You know? Who's, yeah, we ask her, who's the center of the Marvel Universe? Iron Man, Tony Stark. It's like, no, Spider-Man! Spider-Man! Now, that might change a little bit when now that they've it's cut totally their deal change. with well, the totally Sony. change oh. because they want to eliminate... They want to eliminate the competition in a way, but in a friendly manner. But it's mm. but it's their own competition, you know. And, and for those that don't know, I mean, there was a period there where Marvel almost went bankrupt, and they were looking at selling off many of their properties. In a weird, strange place, DC almost bought things such as Captain America and Spider Man, and you would have seen them. Which all is in hilarious the- because in the like in the early eighties, the situation was completely reversed, mm-hmm. where Marvel almost bought Superman, and it's it's. You know, I guess the finances, and but what happened was Marvel sold off a number of its properties for the film rights. They retained a number of the other rights, but they said, we will sell off Fantastic Four, the X-Men, um, and they can make uh, make their movies. People did. They made some very successful movies. Hugh, Hugh Jackman is a big star because he got into Wolverine and the X-Men movies. But that being said, now that, D, uh, that Disney owns these properties, they're being very aggressive in how they're going back and they're they're picking up these properties again, mm-hmm. saying, you either give them to me or I'm going to write your character out. The Fantastic Four is a perfect example. They're looking at what Fox is doing and they're saying, yeah, we want it back. You know, because you're making really, really well, with, bad movies. Yeah, with Fox, there's an outside chance that they will get that character back. There's some precedent with the reversion of Daredevil. Yes. Mm. Um, Daredevil, was, well, Daredevil was held by Fox, I think. Well, and Punisher as well. Blade... Did Punisher? Yes, Punisher has reverted. They're He's all the center yeah. of, and they're going to do Blade reverted. Yep, Blade is reverted back now. Yeah. That was the other one I was really surprised at. Yeah, but they got Which, the Daredevil, and now Punisher is going to be a character uh, in next season of, of Daredevil. From the promotion, he appears to be the center of the second season of Daredevil. Yeah, Could very well be. I'm I'm only about two episodes in, and I'm sold. It's and good. I agree with you. That is not a kid friendly <laughs> show by any stretch. And it like, only gets worse. Yeah. Like, the second really? episode... Oh, you haven't seen... No. Uh, um, the Kingpin, you know... No, we haven't seen him yet. Oh. We have not seen... I'm so looking forward to that reveal. Like, it's... Like, this is great. I've seen him act in one scene. He's buying a painting. I'm scared of this man buying a painting. Yes. Because only supervillains buy paintings. Well, it was funny because <laughs> I'm trying to explain it to my father oh, last night. I, I saw my dad last night. The and his dad's a... <laughs> and and I'm trying to explain to him. I'm like, you have to get in. Same thing like you. I've watched the first two episodes. I like it, but I haven't watched it yet. And I'm like, you really have to get into it because mm-hmm. once you get to this character, it's a completely different show. Yeah. And you you feel sorry for him, but at the same time, you're so terrified of this mm-hmm. this this villain. And he's a villain that really doesn't have superpowers. Yeah. It's just a dude who's just got good business sense and is willing to do whatever it takes the to most, get his apartment building built. And he could be any major business person. He could be on Shark Tank next month. Hey, he could be he could be living in Hamilton right now. That's why we're getting all these condos built downtown. <laughs> in a weird way, like that's the Marvel universe I grew up in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like one where the heroes and villains lived on the could conceivably live on the same block as you. Yes. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the Marvel Universe of Tony Stark high-rises and Avengers mansions. That was never a title that interested me. Because it's unrelatable. It's like, you're a billionaire with all the toys. Billionaire, the playboy, philanthropist. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Alcoholic. <laughs> Wait a minute, isn't that Batman? Philanthropist. Philanthropist. Well, they are both they both are, but Tony said it first. <laughs> Yeah. How many other superheroes can cross over with Batman? Like we got Green Arrow, we got Tony Stark right now. Hmm. Superman eventually... cross over in terms of I'm just like identity, like I like an identity. Is Batman in a different wants costume? To be Batman. Well, have you ever seen Rain. the movie Super? No, it's Rain. That, Rain Wilson. I was going to say, isn't that the one with Rain Wilson? That was Rain Wilson, Ellen Page, and Ellen Page has the greatest scene in the world. You know, uh, 
it's one of those, she's wearing tights, she's wearing the superhero costume, and she's very explicit. And uh, But it was done by James Gunn, who did wound up doing hmm. uh, Guardians. Guardians, yep. uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, so he's tied right into the... But uh, they're in a comic book store, very much like Kick-Butt uh, or Kick-Ass when yep. we watched it, and where somebody's trying to come up with a new superhero identity, and he's going, I don't have superpowers. And she goes, you don't have to. You can do this, and you can get a weapon, and you can be Green Arrow. You can be Captain America. No, you can't be Captain America. He has superpowers, but he had a shield. <laughs> You need a weapon. You need this. And, and it was the developing of a powerless superhero. Yeah. Huh. Like, kind of like Kick-Ass. Kind of like Kick-Ass. Just as dark as that movie was, I think Super is just that much. It, it's with a less of a budget. Right. <laughs> Wouldn't, now, would you show Super to your Never. Daughter? Never. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I, I went to that one. I went to the uh, one of the premieres at TIFF. I took my wife. And the only reason that I could get her to go see it was because I said Nathan Fillion's in it, and he Wait, plays Nathan Fillion and Ellen Page in a superhero movie. Yes, it's definitely worth the watch. It's where can I watch this thing? This, it was that on, I might go and watch it now. It was on the Netflix for a while, wasn't it? It was on. Uh, I don't I know think if it was. So. I don't know. Uh, it's got think. Kevin Bacon, so it, it solves a lot of different uh, games. This, re- this moves up Fillion and Page's Bacon uh, closeness. Yeah, it's like well, it's to the same movie. That's one degree. Yeah. It's one degree. That's yeah. as close as you can get. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, but it was done on a budget, and it was a good example of you know, it, it was very close to the trauma videos, which I know you guys were uh, close with. I I love trauma. Yeah, I I never got it. It it wasn't for me, but. Yeah. James Gunn is a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. If you're, huh. yeah, if you're into like the like the B B horror out of the '80s and the '90s, and even still, like there's now a resurgence in uh, the trauma videos. Uh, a friend of mine was just in uh, Return to Newcom High One Part One. They're doing a Part Two now, and it looks just as cheesy, kitschy, and awful as like it used to be. Like he showed me some of the outtakes and things like that. Oh, it's like, oh my god, this is a great movie for me. My son, um, Perhaps I'm going to have to bury these DVDs of all these trauma videos away for him because... just the op- shelf. Just, oh yeah. yeah, just like the opening of Toxic Avenger, uh, where the kid there's a kid who gets literally his head run over. But I'm see, like, wow. It's funny because can't. our parents would let us watch this stuff. Oh no, they wouldn't let me. It was well, just I would sneak out and <laughs> watch this stuff, and they wouldn't know about it. But and then, then I would come. My home parents ashen. tried to tried to have their cake and eat it too. They would like let me watch things like RoboCop, sure, but they would tape them on VHS off of City TV, and they would do their very best to like live edit out what was inappropriate. We had this so conversation got... <laughs> before, didn't we? Where you Possibly. were like, I don't remember how this movie ended, <laughs> and I'm like, it no, ends. it totally ended that uh, way. In between Clarence Boddicker knocking on um, the ah god, what was his name? The guy who like we the guy who built up. Robocop. The yeah, guy who's yeah, yeah. having a cocaine party with some lovely oh, ladies right. in his house. Yeah. I've just ladies got a big leave. blue screen in between Boddicker knocking on the door and Boddicker leaving. No! There was a great movie. You ever see, there was a movie about um, Utah, and about the Mormons and, and what they're allowed to watch. And there was a guy that was actually editing these videos, very similar to what your parents did. <laughs> and they would cut out certain scenes of the movie. And then they would resell the movie as you know, Mormon-approved content. And Shut was, up. I want to... Oh, my God. But it we was, have to get a copy of it. There was, it was on Netflix. I can't remember what it was, but it was very close to like a, a please be kind and rewind type yeah. deal. Yeah, like the sweet it is. But he was a guy that... And yeah. he made... He had a franchise going where he would make these movies, so he would get a copy of RoboCop, mm-hmm. and he would self-edit all the scenes. He had a little editing system in the back. Then he would mass-produce, mass-produce the discs, and he would resell them. And he was. And and how did he not get arrested for copyright? Well, they they went after him for copyright, and they were fighting it, going on religious principles and things that they were right. allowed. But he had a franchise, and then he would. It was very like there'd be a blockbuster, but a blockbuster would never be able to sell and wouldn't wouldn't make any <laughs> any coin. And they'd have people lining up, going, "We got the new Lord of the Rings, the approved cut." And he would go through, and it, what it was was they were saying they were so oppressed, and this guy wound up. He was high, holier than thou, and I'm, I, I'm better than everybody else. And look at what I'm cleaning up Hollywood. 
<laughs> and then he got arrested for him and his buddy with underage girls and uh, and drugs and that. And oh they're going. God. They were so repressed. That's awful. Man. Yeah, that they didn't. They wouldn't even consider taking a look at this stuff. And this guy was just, he was like, almost like the porn king of, of he was peddling this stuff. Hey, you want to uh. you want, you want to see a, a, an unedited copy of Lord of the Rings? It's got the, the, the swearing, it's got the blood and guts, it's got this, like, but he would go off and he would, uh, he made an entire industry and it was the rise and fall of this guy's industry. Mm. And it was, it's weird, but there's, there was entire segments of the U.S. population that were like, we want this store. We want this cleaned up video. And we want the and he would, you know, go off and and, and uh, you grab a copy and and then he would start changing the endings of movies <laughs> as well. Bambi because lives. Bambi, no, Bambi's, Bambi's mom lives. Bambi's mom lived. Don't you see her? She's at the end and she's running off in the field. So she, she was okay. No, actually, no. What? What that made one, that no, wait, look ending, like? No, wait, just like Bambi would, looks off off frame and is like, oh hey mom. No, no, no credits. No, that, that ending she, would stick because they're all gun nuts too, aren't they? Most of them, all well, that are yeah. Well, a few of them, but I'm there was sure changes like to the end of. I think the one famous one was Die Hard, and he had edited the end of Die Hard. Oh my God! I would. I want that to see. cut. Must have been ten minutes long. <laughs> Yippee ki Yeah. Now I have a gun. Ho ho ho! Credits. Credits. <laughs> Everybody walking away, arms around. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow, I can't see that happening. No, but, wow. definitely but I kind of, I'm kind of intrigued now. I wish I knew the the name of the documentary, and if I can't find it, I'll let you know. Well, look it up. Or maybe what we can do is we could have our, you know, have our fans send us an email or send us a tweet or send us a Facebook message about. Please you know, correct us. Yeah, please do. I'm sure. If that anyone we... was watching random documentaries on Netflix one night and came across it, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> send us some feedback. So. Yeah, we'd love to hear what you guys have to have to say about this. Um, do you have kids at home that you're letting them watch some of these new DC cartoons or TV shows that maybe somebody has said, hey, you shouldn't be watching that, or no, that's totally cool kind of thing. So send us some feedback at, uh, you can contact us on Gmail at uh, Geeks, with, uh, Geeks with Kids. Yeah, just, geekswithkids at gmail.com. Yeah, or at uh, you can fire us a tweet at uh, geeks with kids cn or contact us on facebook at facebook.com backslash geeks with kids uh, podcast or you know what send us some comments on itunes because we all if iTunes, itunes would like to sponsor a podcast no that's apple how about this if it's anyone except this shady mormon video place we will happily <laughs> accept any form of sponsorship or send us free copies of these sweeted videos just so we can Maybe do a running commentary episode. Even if you are a Mormon shady video place, please sponsor. (laughs) Nothing against shady Mormon video places. This is the worst stinger we've ever done. Yes, totally. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's all Lando's. No, you apologize. It's all all Lando's fault. Not at all. Thank you very much, James. We'll gladly have you back again and again and again. And again. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, for Geeks with Kids, good night. Go watch some TV.